0: Hey everyone, this is Blake. I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to one of the reviewers from iTunes. This comes from Erica Fromer with the subject line, yes! It says, the half-hour intern is great for my short attention span. Blake and his guests are witty, entertaining, and always teach me something new by the end of the show. Awesome podcast. We need more, spelled M-O-A-R. So first of all, Erica, I just want to say I love your word choice. I love your spelling, your diction, everything. Just an overall great review. Thank you so much for leaving it on iTunes. If you'd like to have a chance at having your review read on the podcast, either go to iTunes on your computer or the podcast app on your phone and simply search for the half-hour intern and then click on the podcast and you can leave a review straight from there. Thank you so much. Now, on to the show.
1: But, you know, I guess that happens when, you know, you're standing on top of an object and, you know, maybe in the next 10 seconds...
0: What's up everybody? This is Blake Fletcher, the half hour intern. In today's episode, I interview Ross Reichenbach about two different hobbies, both skydiving and base jumping. If you are a big wuss like I am, I highly recommend that you listen to today's episode because I really think that it might change your perspective on some of the more extreme hobbies out there and might make you a little bit more inclined to try them out. So, uh, Ross started skydiving about five years ago, but he already has over 400 jumps under his belt. He just really got bitten by the bug and you'll hear just how much enthusiasm and passion he has for the hobby, um, throughout the interview. After that, he started base jumping as well, which I did not even realize base jumping BASE is actually an acronym for all the different things that you jump off of, which Ross will cover during the interview. And he tells some of the most incredible base jumping stories during the interview. So definitely stay tuned for about halfway through the interview when those start. He goes on this. Mission Impossible-like scouting mission of a building downtown near the city that he lives in to scout out a skyscraper with some friends that they then wanted to jump off of in the middle of the night and basically had to kind of break into this building. It's one of the more incredible stories that I've ever heard and certainly on the extreme side of the extreme hobbies list. So um, anyways, without further ado, here is skydiving and base jumping. Ross, thanks so much for being with us today. I appreciate it.
1: Blake, thank you so much, man. I'm I'm excited.
0: So I, I am really excited. I'm really pumped to interview you because I am personally terrified of heights. And I don't think, I mean, I'm 29 years old now, so I feel like maybe my ship has sailed for the window where I would have been brave enough to try something like skydiving or, or I mean, base jumping sounds incredibly crazy, However, each year that I get older, I also realize more and more the value of doing things that push your boundaries, um, or that maybe scare you a little bit and how that can help you grow as a person. So I'm hoping that maybe at the end of this, you'll, you'll talk me into doing something as crazy as skydiving and maybe I will want to try it. Absolutely. So why don't you tell us how, um, you even get, how Well, will take us through your story of how you got started with skydiving.
1: So it was about 2009, a, g- a good friend of mine, uh, his wife called me up and asked me if I wanted to do a tandem skydive, uh, for my buddy's birthday. And, uh, I, I was terrified. I was, I was flying planes at the time and I-, and I remember being flying at about 5,000 feet and I remember looking out the window and being like, there's just no way I can jump out of this thing. It's just absolutely crazy. Um, you know, my heart would beat and my my hands and my feet would start sweating.
0: You were flying uh, planes as a hobby or as a job? As-
1: just as a hobby. Yeah. Okay. Just as a hobby, decided to get my pilot's license, um, so then she calls me and says, hey, do you want to make a tandem? Um, and I was like, you know, absolutely. If, if you sign me up, I'll be there. So sure enough, uh, we went to the drop zone one Saturday for his birthday. All my good friends and we got in the plane together. Uh, they take us up to 13,000 feet and uh, I'm, I'm first out. And, I, you know, I just remember the feeling of my feet dangling. And then the next thing I know, we just dropped out of that plane. And what is most- it like
0: on the way up on your first time? Like is your so here's what I would really worry about. I feel like is that I'm going to have all this adrenaline, like, yeah, I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to do this thing, and then as the plane starts going up, I feel like my heart would probably stop in my chest, or like that I would wuss out. And if you wuss out, what happened? Like, You kind of have to jump if you got in the plane, right?
1: I mean, yeah, you pretty much jump. I mean, I've seen a few people, as the year gone on, we, we've taken a few people back down, but but everyone drum- jumps, you're strapped on to that tandem instructor, and, and as soon as that door and that light goes on, out you go. Awesome. Um, it is the most amazing feeling i call it the point of no return because there's a point at which you're going to be in the door at which you have control to step back but there's that millisecond that happens that when your body weight just swings out of that door yeah can't go back in that airplane and euphoria takes over you are there's just a release uh, of of adrenaline that hits you um and your first time you know it's all about just kind of screaming and you're just like ah you know i'm But as the years have gone on and and the sport has turned more into a hobby or more of an art form for me, I I would say, it's peaceful. It is the most amazing, relaxing feeling that uh, comes over you. Wow. Um, And I love it.
0: So explain two things to me. Explain the art form piece of it um, that you're kind of now experiencing, that you've been doing it for a while, and then I guess maybe delve a little bit deeper into that piece that comes over you and when and how you feel.
1: Yeah, you, you start skydiving, and at first it's more like you know you're kind of rebelling. You're just you're going up there, and, and you're jumping out, and you're you're flying to Earth, and you know, uh, in a sense, yeah, you saved your life, and, and it's just this adrenaline rush. And as you skydive more, um, the whole process, kind of with anything, slows down. You know, you start you start realizing um, how how it affects when you move a foot in the air, or if you move your hand. Um, because everything you do in the sky has a reaction. The wind takes your body. Um, and you know, I'm up there with my friends now and we're doing what's called free flying, which is we're flying all different body orientations, whether we're in a sit position or whether we're head down. Um, and it's all about flying on, on, on flight levels with your best friends. And it is just the most amazing feeling when, um, you know, you're all charging 140 miles an hour towards the ground, but it's peaceful for you and it's relaxing. And yeah. you look over and your buddy's smiling at you and uh, all the video cameras are on on our heads and uh, it's just amazing. I, I love it and uh, it's kind of taken over my life.
0: What is your favorite position to free fall in? Like, is there one? You mentioned like putting your head towards the ground or something like that.
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm currently learning how to fly head down. Um, and that's just, just like it sounds. You leave the plane and your, uh, your, your body position takes you head down. And it is just the most amazing feeling to fly controlled. Um, and what's amazing is you're trying to fly in relation to another person. So it's one thing just to fall, but now we are actually flying. You know, We're using our body to go towards someone or fly away from someone. Um, and you know, everyone's in the air just trying to fly with each other. And it is just the most amazing euphoric feeling
0: in the world. That's so cool, man. So while we're on the, um, while we're on the topic of skydiving, let's take care of, I guess, some of the hobby related questions for anybody that wanted to get into it. So what is the, um, cost of going up Uh, is now that you've been doing it for a while, are you part of some like uh, do you have like a punch card, like some sort of member discount that you get to yeah, do it so, for less expensive?
1: So I'm a member of the USPA, which is United States Parachute Association. Um, and I have what's called a C license. Um, and you can get that after 200 skydives and, 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 that just lets you, um, you know, you can jump out, I can jump out of hot air balloons now, helicopters. Um, there's different things that each license allows you to do. Um, there's a, B, C and D. So basically, if, you, you know, if someone's interested in skydiving, they would call up their local drop zone. They'd probably make a tandem skydive first, and that's just going with another instructor. You're strapped to them, um, and you, basically just, you just basically get to feel that, uh, that free fall feeling. Uh, but then if you actually want to get into it, you can go to the local drop zone. You can do what's called AFF, Advanced Free Fall, and they'll put you through basically an eight-jump process to um, allow you to learn how to skydive safely, in control, and on your own. Wow. Oh, and I, I think most—I mean, the average cost I would say is anywhere from two thousand to twenty-five hundred for that AFF course. Okay, um, that would get you usually through jump eight, and then from there, you at jump twenty-five, you can get your A license, and um, a ticket to altitude is usually twenty-five dollars once once you're certified and have all your own gear. So
0: that's it—just twenty-five bucks.
1: Yeah, it cost me at my local drop zone. It's eighteen dollars to thirteen thousand feet
0: get out that's crazy man how many people do they take up at the same time as you
1: uh, i think our plane um our plane fits anywhere for about 18 jumpers
0: wow so, man i can't believe that the gear's
1: that's... expensive. the gear is expensive so a normal skydiving what we call rig um, and that that's basically the container um, and that houses uh, our main parachute that houses our reserve parachute in case our main doesn't work and then we have something on our backs. Uh, it's a little computer device called an AAD, Automatic Activation Device. And uh, if we would get knocked out in the air uh, at about above, about 1,000 feet, it would pull our reserve for us.
0: Whoa, no way.
1: Yeah, so there's a lot of safety built in, um, but all that's expensive. So an entire skydiving rig brand new is probably $6,500.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so. Yeah, that's... I guess that's still not that bad though. If, if the ongoing cost of doing it, you know, gets less and less, I mean that, you know, that's not too bad compared to other, I guess, hobbies that you'd be doing.
1: I It could be like buying a motorcycle or it just depends, it depends what you want to do. But, um, it, uh, I mean, it's obviously an investment, but it's the best investment I've ever made.
0: Yeah. So you said, so that was six years ago that you started?
1: Yeah. 2009.
0: Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and you've now done over 200 jumps in just six years.
1: I have about 400 skydives. Man, that's crazy. And and that's relatively, that's low numbers. Really? uh, My friends have 2,000, 3,000. I mean, I've jumped with guys that have 10,000 skydives.
0: Damn. Your friends that have uh, 2,000 skydives, did they start around the same time as you, or uh, have they been doing it for a while?
1: And most of them are the tandem instructors that actually take people. So they're doing basically skydiving for a living. Yeah. Uh, And they're jumping every weekend, uh, 10 jumps a day during the week. So um, I'm just doing it for a hobby. Um,
0: Are you trying um, to find a way that you could do it for a living?
1: You know, I would love to, but, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where I, I don't want to make it my job. I don't want to make it my livelihood. I, I just like going with my friends on the weekends and, and, and skydiving.
0: Yeah, that's very smart. Um, all right, let's take this towards the the base jumping side of the equation. So, first of all, how do you... You get started with base jumping. How does anyone get started with base jumping? That's... Oh,
1: man. So, so base jumping is one of those, you know, there's very few people in the world, I guess, that skydive. And, and out of the group of people that skydive, a small percentage are maybe dumb enough to go on and start base jumping. Uh, it was one of those things where I always told myself I was never going to base jump. Um, I just couldn't imagine um, only having, you know, I used to say to myself, I can't imagine only having one parachute and being so low to the ground and, de- and depending on that one parachute. Um, but the more I was skydiving and the more I was around the, the, uh, the atmosphere and the culture of both skydiving and base jumping, um, at about 250 jumps mentally, I just it, it was something that I realized I could do and that I wanted to do. Um, so I got into it. Uh, basically, I, uh, there's one legal place in the country that you can jump. It's at the Perrine Bridge. It's out in Twin Falls, Idaho. So, um, I called up, uh, one of the manufacturers, Apex, they have a first jump course out there and I went out with a good friend of mine and one weekend and, uh, we did the first jump course and made five jumps from the bridge. And, um, how high up is
0: this bridge? How high up do you need to be?
1: Uh, the bridge is 486 feet.
0: Okay. That, wow. I can't believe that's it. I thought you were going to say like 2000 feet in the air or something. uh, No,
1: it's, uh, it's 486 feet and, um, you basically take a two three second delay, pull your chute, and, and you're open, and then you fly over to the landing area and land. And it is um, it is the most amazing feeling in the world. Um, it's more of a, it's more of a rush than skydiving. It's it's you know you're, your life's on the line, um, and you look down and you see that water below you. Yeah, and you, you really have a. I mean, you're having a talk with yourself of Is this what you want to do? Do you really want to do this? And uh, in the end, I just knew it was something that. Uh, I loved so much. I couldn't get away from the rush. I, I couldn't get away from that feeling of walking out on that bridge and climbing over and, and, and making that, in a sense, leap of faith.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah very literally. So, it, if, okay, first of all, what happened? So why is there only one parachute? Is that just because of how much time there is? There's no time to switch to a reserve parachute? or
1: Yeah, correct. You're, you're so low to the ground um, that uh, there's really... There's no need for it, and um, you, you don't have time to deploy a reserve. Yeah. So you have that, you have that one parachute, um, and uh, it's got to work.
0: Yeah. So how long is the window of time that you have to pull your parachute and for it to open effectively?
1: I believe they say you have to make a move for your parachute in, well, about five seconds or in the bridge you're, you're going in. Uh, the longest, I usually take about a two, three second delay. Um, and then make the move for my, uh, for my handle to pull.
0: So this is the, okay. I, <laughs> so this takes me back to when I was, um, in like early high school and I was going to kiss a girl for the first time. <laughs> and I was always so worried that I was going to like bump her teeth or something, like, you right. know, like things that, uh, you know, th- that you would never normally do, but then you, maybe because your nerves are so high that, you know, you're, that's going to happen. I, I would only imagine that you have this great fear of going to pull your cord and your hand fumbles and misses it, and you only have like two more seconds left now to pull it correctly. Does that happen?
1: Yeah, that absolutely terrified me when I first started. I, I, I was like, well, what if I slip, you know, and, and I've slipped before in skydiving, but when you're at 4,000 feet in skydiving, you have all the time in the world, you know, if you, if you miss your handle, you can go for it a second time, um, and I just, it terrified me. Um, but when you start base jumping, you really have your what's called a pilot chute, and that um, once you throw that, that really catches air and then pulls your main parachute out. Um, so when you first start base jumping, you actually have your pilot chute out already into the wind. So it's really just a jump and throw. Um, but yeah, there's a process of, of of mentally and physically being able to. Be like, okay, I, I, I can jump off this thing and, and maintain composure enough to pull my parachute.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And when it comes down to it, you don't have a choice. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you have to. There's no, there's no second chance in base jumping, and um, I think that's what mentally drives me to love base jumping. Yeah. Um, it's, it's that, it's that conquering that mental fear, um, and I've learned a lot about myself over the years about how I, I, I stay, I stay composed when, you know. Um, my life's on the line. And, and I like that. I like yeah. that mental challenge.
0: So let's talk about that for a while. How do you think that these hobbies have changed you as a person and uh, the amount of time that you've done them? How have they maybe changed your views about your life or the possibility of death or, um, yeah, any of that?
1: I mean, I've definitely changed as a person. I mean, over the last five years, my, my outlook on life and what I want out of life, um, has completely changed. And, You know, all I can say is when you're doing activities that your life's on the line and um, they're very adrenaline filled, um, I find so much fulfillment in my life. Like, there's no better feeling at the end of the day. um, Just kind of looking back on your day and be like, wow, you know, I saved my life, or or if I did something that um, the average person just doesn't do, you know, there's just a good feeling. Uh, You you feel like you accomplished something in a day. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I, my, you know, my life has definitely changed. I, I, I'm traveling the country. I'm traveling the world now, throwing myself off objects, um, you know, learning and growing as a skydiver and a base jumper, um, you know, and I'm with my best friends. And, you know, so, you know, I have a lot of people that ask me, you know, do I have a death wish and, and, and what do I think about death? And, and you, know, um, you know, the answer is, you know, there's all, obviously all different types of ways to live your life. And I just can't see myself not living with this adrenaline-filled lifestyle. You know, it's so fulfilling, it's so rewarding. Um, I meet the most amazing people, uh, you know, and we're going and doing these absolutely amazing things around the world. Um, And I guess the the experience outweighs the fear. That's the best I can say. You know, when I I always I always tell my mom, you know, she's always like, "When are you going to stop spending your money on all these ridiculous trips and, and these ridiculous hobbies?" and and I was like, you know what, Mom? When I'm when I'm hopefully, I always say I'm going to live to 100. So when I'm hopefully 100 years old and I'm lying on my deathbed, you know, I'm not going to look back and, you know, you know, remember the you know the the, the couch I bought or you know <laughs> I, I like my apartment. You know, it's going to be it's going to be man. Remember that time? Um, you know, we were over in Norway and and we jumped off the cliff and we were flying together and you know just those experiences. And I and I don't think you can um I don't think you can put you know monetary value on that. It's just so amazing.
0: Absolutely not. It's so funny because I would have almost assumed that the amount of heightened adrenaline that you experience so often in your hobby would almost make it more difficult to appreciate Uh, you know just everyday living because it would seem so mundane and boring but the way that you talk about it and that makes sense now is that it would almost make everyday living that that much better and that much more exciting just because you like i I picture jumping out of a plane skydiving then going to a bar that night with your friends and getting a beer and it's like you're on such a different level having that beer with your friends than the other people that are in that bar you know because the experience that you had earlier that day you know and i imagine a lot of experiences are like that for you
1: yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I, I pretty much carry so much. I mean, after I jump, I carry so much energy with me kind of throughout the rest of the week, you know? Um, and it just takes over and there's just kind of, you know, I just love it so much. The feeling that I have after I make a jump and, um, yeah, you know, going, going around, it just makes the, the rest of your day better walking around.
0: <laughs> yeah. Do you feel as well that it gives you kind of a better perspective on things? I, I find, um, that I guess, And and honestly, it probably is like the more the more boring or a little bit of like a rut that my life can get in. It's you get irritated with little things very easily, you know, Um, and it's it's difficult to have good perspective on what you should actually be getting irritated at or what is actually a big deal. I imagine if you're putting your own life in your hands, then that kind of puts the rest of the problems that you have day to day in perspective.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's kind of like a reset button on life, you know, especially when you make a base jump. I, I always say it's it's a huge reset button. It just puts things in perspective and, and what's important. And, you know, I'm always at work or, you know, I just hear my other, my friends that don't jump and they seem to, um, you know, they may be arguing about something and I'm just like, guys, this is not worth it, you know. Um, but, you know, I guess that happens when, you know, you're standing on top of an object and, you know, maybe in the next 10 seconds, you you might not be living anymore. You know, you gotta, you gotta put what's important first and, um, and you know, um, you know, we could go any day now and it's how, how do you, how do you want to live your life?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you talk about your first base jump being on the bridge in Idaho, um, and that being the only legal place to do it in the entire country. I assume that there's other places in the country that you've done it, uh, other places in the world that you've done it. How, how does that all work? If it's not necessarily legal or is it kind of legal? I, I mean, I guess there's no such thing, <laughs> but yeah. So how does that work?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a fine line. The, I don't believe the act of base jumping is illegal, but trespassing is. Right. So, uh, when we go out and we jump objects, um, we're pretty much, unless we're at the bridge doing it illegally. Um, so, you know, there comes the whole, well, we, we scout out the object, um, and, you know, you have to make a, a real good, like, go, no-go decision on whether you think you can safely jump this object, um, and, you know, obviously none of us want to get arrested, yeah. so, um, and, and a lot for a lot of us, and a lot of my close friends that I jump with here, um, getting arrested is not really an option. I mean, a lot of guys are in the military, um, I jump with some guys that are lawyers, um, and, so getting arrested is not an option. So we scout out the object and we do everything we can. Uh, we have crown crew. We'll have a getaway driver and we do everything we can so that uh, we do not get arrested.
0: Wait. So you have a getaway driver for this.
1: Absolutely. That's yeah.
0: incredible. Have yeah. there ever been any close Like, uh, I mean, does law enforcement ever have any idea that you're jumping off something that you shouldn't be?
1: Um, I have never been caught. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've gotten away. I know, I know some of my friends have gotten arrested before, spent the night in jail, got their, got their base rigs uh, uh, confiscated. Wow. Uh, but I've always managed to get away. And uh, so a knock on wood, that'll continue.
0: Yeah, yeah. Man, that's so wild. I, I, like, I can't imagine how the cops or whoever would even know that you were jumping off something. You know, I mean, I guess just right place, right time.
1: You know, that's the thing. So there's a, there's a building near us, and, and I, I, I drive by it every day. And I keep looking at it, and it's only a matter of time before, before I jump it. And my good friend and I, we went and scouted it out about two weeks ago. Um, and we did everything. You know, we, we rode the elevator up. We, we looked at uh, the roof access point. Um, we even went into one of the buildings, and we, looked, we talked to um, the gentleman that sits at the front where all the TV screens. He monitors all the uh, cameras for the building. We did our homework, and we realized that, hey, this, this, uh, this building is jumpable that uh, we're going to be able to jump it soon, as soon as the weather cooperates, um, that e- everything lined up for us. And, you know, what we realize is if we jump this thing at 4 in the morning, no, no one's out looking for base jumpers. No yeah. one's out there, you know, looking up to the sky. Um, so, you know, we think that's an object that we can safely jump. Um, there is also no breaking and entering. Uh, we won't be destroying any property when we do so. Um, the lock on top on the roof was unlocked. Uh, so it's, it's a very, very, uh, jumpable building and one that we're definitely going to do. So,
0: man, that's, I can't believe that. So I would have figured this to only be in a very non-city type of setting and, you know, jumping off of, uh, various cliffs and stuff like that. So you're talking about like in the heart of your city, I assume if there's a building that tall,
1: a little, little urban uh, base jumping. Yeah.
0: God, that's insane. So are there other buildings? Like it, could you smack into the side of another building if the wind carried you that way?
1: Uh, Not on this particular occasion, no. And and that's one thing we look at. We look at, hey, where's our exit point? Um, You know, once we leave, what what kind of delay? Um, And then, you know, where are we going to land is huge. Um, You know, are there any traffic lights? Are there any uh, antennas or or power lines or trees or, you know, whatever? So we basically came up with three, uh, you know, obviously landing area A, where we want to land, and then uh, B, where we can turn uh, if we need to, or C, kind of like the, oh, crap, that's our last option. Let's land there. Yeah. Um, so everything we do is, you know, a lot of people perceive base jumpers as, oh, we're crazy. We're going out, putting our life on the line. But we're so calculated and meticulous on all these jumps because our, our life depends on it. Yeah. So, you know, we're not going out trying to, to hurt anyone. We're not going out um, trying to break the law. You know, we just, we just want to do what we love and go out and jump. Um, and like I said, we try to do everything so that we don't have to do any breaking entering. I don't want to cut any lo- locks. Uh, you know, I kind of only want to leave my footprints behind Yeah, uh, sort of thing.
0: Yeah. It sounds like robbing a bank or something like that, especially you scouting out that building, talking to the guy that looks at all the cameras and stuff like that.
1: I mean, that's the thing. So the base jump is amazing, but the base jump may only last. I mean, I, I may step off that building in one second, throw my shoe. So it's not for me. The fun is the scouting. The the whole you know you feel like a little kid like you're you're running around and you're you're being secretive and uh, you're coming up with these plans and I mean we get on Google Earth and we look at the building from above and the landing areas and to me the whole process of base jumping is almost more fun than the the quick two second jump itself.
0: Um, so you've done buildings before. This isn't the first building that you've jumped off of.
1: This would be the first building I've ever jumped. Yeah, I, I do not. So base jumping stands base stands for uh, building, antenna, span, and earth.
0: Oh, who uh, knew? I That's crazy.
1: Have my building yet? Okay. Uh, so my first.
0: Wow, I I didn't. I, the only thought thing that I thought of is cliffs and stuff like that. An antenna would be really good. Have you jumped off an antenna before?
1: Uh, I have. Yes, I uh, not too long ago, um, and that was absolutely amazing. Um, but the best for me is I think, uh, earth, yeah. earth is amazing. So I was out in, uh, Moab, Utah, uh, in November and, uh, I got my fir- first, earth jump out there. Um, and the scenery and just the hiking, that's what makes it all worthwhile.
0: Yeah, for sure. In a situation like that, is that illegal still? Cause that's public land or is that legal? Be- I mean, who knows?
1: Yeah. That's, you know, I know everyone jumps out there. I, I guess it's legal. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I just went out there with a group of friends and, uh, went out there and jumped and yeah. didn't really think twice.
0: Yeah. So. so if somebody wanted to get started base jumping, um, what would you recommend? I imagine you would recommend to do skydiving for a little while beforehand.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You have to start skydiving. You, you, they recommend about a hundred skydives. Um, You know, you got to learn body control. You got to learn to pull. You got to learn, you know, gain muscle memory within skydiving before you you take it low and and dirty and and, into base jumping. Um, But I mean, I guess everyone's got everyone's gonna kind of look at their life separately and say, Hey, am I am I ready to base jump? Am I ready for the consequences that could come with it? Um, And it's it's more of a mental thing, saying, Hey, I'm ready.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely.
1: we have kind of the GoPro generation now, where you go on YouTube and you see all the videos of the base jumpers, and they're they're pulling the you know the triple backflips off the buildings, or you know you see the wingsuiters flying in Europe, and in, but it's all to music, and you're like, oh, that's so awesome. Like, you know, <laughs> different sitting on your couch and watching it on YouTube with with sweet music behind it and the video to being on a 500 foot cliff with no music, with just you on the, the edge, your toes hanging over and, and saying to yourself, okay, I, I'm going to jump.
0: Yeah, for sure. For so. sure. Um, so why don't you give us a couple of stories? One, if you have a story maybe about like the scariest thing that's ever happened to you in skydiving or base jumping, and then two, just about the most memorable day that you've had, like the, the best day that you've had.
1: Sure. Uh, so, so skydiving, so in skydiving we have two parachutes. We have our main parachute, and then if that doesn't work, um, we, we can go to our reserve parachute. Um, that's happened to me once. I, uh, I jumped out of the airplane, uh, pulled my chute and looked up and I had about six line twists. Um, and that happens a lot. I mean, that happens quite a bit. I, I had pretty bad line twists this weekend, but once they stopped spinning in the one direction, I was able to spin my legs and kind of kick out the other direction. And my parachute opened up, um, on this particular jump. Uh, the line t- twists were pretty bad. They were pretty tight, and I was pretty low to the ground, so I didn't have a choice. So I, I went through my emergency procedures, reached down, grabbed my handles, cut away my mane, and pulled out my reserve. Um, so, you know.
0: You had to, like, pull out a knife and actually cut away no, your mane. Okay,
1: so, no, so we, have, we do have two handles, and it's basically a... Uh, um, Basically, a release handle. Once you pull it down, your main parachute releases, and then you grab your uh, reserve toggle or handle, and you pull that down, and then your main or your, excuse me, your reserve comes out. Okay. So I did that perfect. My reserve parachute came out fine, and I, I landed to uh, surprisingly to all my friends in the landing area with a bunch of beer. So uh, <laughs> we started farting. It was a good time.
0: Oh man, that's got to just be so so terrifying.
1: Yeah, I mean that was terrifying. It happened so quick and. In skydiving, you kind of, you, you expect that. I mean, you jump enough, you're eventually going to have a malfunction. I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter how well or how slow you pack that parachute. Um, you know, that, that nylon's hitting the air at 120 miles an hour and eventually one time or twice, it, it's going to mess up. Yeah. Um, so we kind of expect that. Um, I had a close call one time in a wingsuit. I was flying the wingsuits um, and I opened, up, uh, I opened up my parachute, and uh, I had a brake fire, um, and we called a toggle, and it popped out. So it put me into a, spin, a really hard spin to the left. Um, and I needed to reach up and grab my other toggle and kind of relieve the pressure, equal the canopy out. Uh, but in a wingsuit, it's like a straight jacket. Your arms are tied in. So I was spinning and had to gain enough control to get my wits about me to, um, reach over and kind of unzip my hands out of the wingsuit so that I could deal with the malfunction.
0: So you're Uh, saying because of the, the angle of the wingsuit, you can't put your arms up basically to, to grab the different, uh, toggles that you need.
1: Correct. This particular wingsuit, um, I could not reach my, my toggles, my, my steering lines. Um, so I was in a spin to the left, so... I needed to get my hands out, so I needed to zip zip out of the wingsuit, um, and it was crazy. I just remember it like happening in slow motion, and I looked up and realized, you know, I was in a malfunction, um, and I was able to, you know, compose myself enough to uh, quickly unzip myself and uh, basically level the parachute out. Uh, And this
0: is all happening while you're spinning. So I imagine that's gotta be
1: about 4,000 feet and I'm, I'm spinning aggressively towards the ground. Yeah. So, uh, that definitely, uh, that definitely scared me.
0: Yeah, I bet. So, so how about give us one like best, do you have like a best day, like a most memorable day ever is each day, the best day.
1: I think after I made my, my first, uh, earth, uh, base jump went out in Moab. Um, because, you know, you you dream about it and you watch the videos and then to actually go out with your friends and hike and experience that um, and kind of, you know, I don't know. You, you basically, uh, you know, you're out there. You, you are scared. I mean, there's no way about it. You know, in the back of your mind, you're always thinking, what if with a base jump? So anytime you go out and you make, you know a first type of base jump it's always a good day it's just the most rewarding and euphoric feeling
0: yeah that's awesome man Um,
1: i uh in june i'm heading to norway and uh that's kind of the dream uh i'm going to shirag norway um and the event is called the Hella boogie and uh we'll go in the fjords to the three thousand foot fjords and uh jump off of there and (laughs) I have been dreaming about this for about the past five years. It probably hasn't gone a day. A day hasn't gone by where I haven't been driving in the car to work or I haven't woke up or laying in bed at night, just dreaming about what it would be like, the feeling to fly off that mountain. Yeah. Um, fortunate enough to um, go into Norway in June and uh, I cannot wait. It's a dream. It's going to be a dream come true.
0: That's awesome, man. Congratulations. How many people do that for this event?
1: usually there's about 125 people there from all over the world. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the first, the first four days we'll hike um, up to the exit point. And then the, the last four days was fun begins. They bring in the helicopters. It's called the hella boogie. So they'll take the helicopters will take us up and, uh, you know, we, we, we kind of cheat. We don't have to hike.
0: Yeah, so. That's so cool, man. That'll be great just to get to know different people that do what you do from around the world.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, you you, you base jump all around the world and you meet some of the most beautiful people. They, you know, they all have great stories. And um, uh, it's just such a a crazy, eclectic group that's out there. Yeah. Um, So it'll be amazing.
0: Awesome. Um, All right, well, why don't you leave us off with, um, if somebody wants to get started, we've already touched on this a little bit, but um, words of advice, first step, you know, any of that.
1: You know, I think everyone in their life should make a skydive. Um, it's just something, you know, you can't really judge something, uh, without trying it. Um, you know, even if you just do it once, if you land on the ground and say, you know what, it it wasn't for me, but you know what, you did it. And, uh, you know, I've seen people in the plane that are crying, that are, that are, you know, crying for dear life. And the second they hit that ground, they're all smiles and they're like, oh my God, that was the most amazing thing I've ever done.
0: That's so cool.
1: just can't put a price on the feeling of a of, of, of flight and of leaving that aircraft. So I think everyone, I think all your listeners, you know, um, y- you know, there's always stuff in your life that, uh, you know, I, I just don't want to look back on my life and say, man, I could have done that. Or I wish I had done that. Or when I was younger, you know, I want to do it all now. Um, so I encourage everyone to, that hasn't made a skydive to call, call your local drop zone, Google it, find out where your local drop zone is and, and, and go experience it. Cause, uh, it could easily change your life.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. Certainly the first step and, uh, in the right direction of, of trying, trying new things. Absolutely. Awesome. Dude, Ross, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, man.
1: Yeah, man. I can't thank you enough. I had an awesome time, so I appreciate it.
0: All right. Take care.
1: Yeah, but you too, man.